This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. 630 Chad. The Oilers unable to hold the lead. And then again, unable to hold the lead. And then a third time, unable to hold the lead. And it winds up in a loss. 5-3 to the New York Rangers. Rick Nash getting the winner late at 18-39 of the third. They added an empty netter after that. And the Oilers now winless in their last three, 0-2-1 and 7-3-1 on the season. Thanks a lot for joining us. It is 8-0-4. We're in the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. I'm Reed Wilkins along with Rob Brown. Well, Rob, you and Bob were talking about how if you can keep a team behind, you might be able to start up a little bit of momentum or make them feel discouraged. The Oilers were up 1-0, 2-1, and 3-2. The leads tonight lasted, I went and looked back at the summary, lasted a minute 58 the first time then 5.18, and then only 42 seconds in the third period. It it affects you. If you're a team that is down and you're constantly looking up at the scoreboard and you're losing and the clock is continually going down, you you start to get discouraged, you start to get frustrated. Uh, Little plays that normally wouldn't bother you bother you more because you're not getting that break that you need. But if you get scored against and right away you come back out there you get momentum got back going you score the goal to tie it up it eventually discouraged the team that's winning they, they're like hey wait, we've got a lead you're all feeling good about yourself bang pucks in your net and the thing that was uh, tough for the Oilers tonight self-inflicted wounds you know the the Rangers are a good team they they don't need any extra help to score goals but the Oilers have the puck on their stick turnover in their net have the puck on their stick don't get it out in their net and, and those are tough ones to recover from. So it, it was a, a frustrating game in that way. I mean, there's positives. They played the New York Rangers in New York, played them well, probably should have got at least a point, possibly two, but frustrating because they came away with nothing and they three times held leads, including one fairly late in the game. Yeah, that's a tough one. And we want to hear from you, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630-53. The Rangers win it. The Oilers do get three. They've had a little bit of trouble scoring the last two games, but not enough to take us to the Japanese Village goal light. They have to score five or more for us to turn that on on the Oilers page or six, at 630ched.com and then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side and north side. I mean, I thought, you know, I, I always, I often watch that area just inside the blue line. Rob, there was a play right in the first minute of the game when the Oilers wind up, they wound up getting hemmed in and taking a penalty. Adam Larson got a high-sticking penalty. Benoit Pouliot was not pressured right inside his own blue line. Didn't take the, didn't get the puck out. Now the Oilers killed that off. Some other instances tonight I, I, on the tying goal. Mark Letestu, who won the face-off to set up the Adam Larson's go-ahead goal, his first as an Oiler, by the way. 
he tries to chip it out at the blue line, doesn't get get it past the the Ranger defenseman, and then and then bang, that one leads to the uh, to the Foss tying goal. Well, coaches they stress it all the time. I don't know how many times my I, I've been in dressing rooms or on the bench and heard the coaches yelling in and out at the lines, in and out at the lines. It's if you think about it, you've got a, a four foot area where if you're four feet from the blue line, if you get that puck out. That means the entire other team has to leave the zone. They got a delay. There's no way they can get scored on. But if you only get it three feet instead of four, now you're hemmed in your own zone and you're, you're getting chances scored against you. So it's, it's so important. It's, it's like getting the puck in at a blue line. Now you're forcing guys to go back and retreat and not and turning it over. So the Oilers did not do a good job today at that. They, they, they mismanaged the puck. They, they turned the puck over. And there's a, a glaring example, and I know that for those that were not listening to the radio, watching on TV, uh, you know, the announcers talked about the fact that uh, Sekra has the puck on his stick. Nobody, nobody even close to him. And from about just inside the top of his circle, he fires the puck out of the zone, right on a Ranger stick, who has full speed. Now both defensemen are at the tops of the circle. So that Ranger got to skate 25, 35 feet and just blasted a puck on Talbot. Just unforced errors. I mean, if you go to another sport, tennis, they track unforced errors. The the, the tennis player that has the most unforced errors usually loses a game. And I think that's uh, indicative of what happened tonight because the Oilers, I think, had way more unforced errors than the New York Rangers. 5-3, the Rangers win it. They also outshoot the Oilers 31. 124 in this game including 10-5 in the decisive third period they scored the final three goals of the game all right ryan is on the phone line ryan thanks a lot for calling hi there how are you today we're doing great thanks for calling question for you um first of all i'd like to say that uh i'm really impressed with the oilers this year um every game they've played even the ottawa game they have been in the game and the Ottawa game, no matter what happened in Ottawa, they couldn't have won that. Or that Ottawa game, they couldn't have won that game. Just uh, luck wasn't for them. They really could be 9-0-1. They could be Montreal's record this, this season. My concern is, no matter how well players are playing, and I'm going to use Matt Benning as an example, he did not play a bad game tonight. But all game, they played him 12 minutes. Why would they put him on for the last minute and a half? I know Clefblom and Larson had a tough game, but you traded Taylor Hall for Larson. You live and die with the sword. I just want to hear your your, your comments. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Good question. Good point. I mean, Benning, uh, Benning did play 14 minutes tonight. He played a little more than you thought. Uh, I do not recall if Larson and Clefbaum were on just before. I don't know who Benning and Nurse took off the ice. Uh, and if... If one group came off and if they put Oscar and Larson on there, would they have put him on later in the game? I don't know for the fatigue factor. Larson and Clefbaum did not have a strong game. And sometimes you have to send a message whether he's your star player or not. If, if Connor McDavid is having a horrific game, you know, you, you don't play him in every situation because other guys are playing better. Nurse and Benning were fine up until that point. Um, I, I know that there's going to be fans that are going to think the other. I mean, that's what these guys were brought in to do, and they should be out there. I'm going to go with Todd McClellan's judgment on that. This pairing played well. They deserve a chance. And also, you, and, and I know that uh, a game eventually was lost, and I don't think it was lost on that pairing being out there, but you've got to find out what players can do in certain situations. You can't 
not play players simply because the situation is bigger than that you think they are? Because you've got to find out if they are. Is Darnell Nurse ever going to become a player that can play the last minute of important hockey games? You won't find out that until he's put in that position. You know, I, I think Ryan makes uh, brings up a good topic, though, here with, with coaching dis- decisions. And there's a couple I want to bring up before mm-hmm. we go back to the phone lines, Rob. Uh, I thought that that was... Uh, 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 quite frankly, a foolish challenge by Todd McClellan on the disallowed yes. disallowed goal. That to me, that was. I mean, I, I even went and looked it up, and I said, "Hey, Rob, I'll read you this paragraph out of the rule book." And you said, "Please don't, because you're going to put me to sleep." <laughs> but I did anyway. But I read. But I don't know. I read the paragraph yeah. out of the NHL. It, like it's textbook goalie interference. I know Everly didn't charge in there and knock him down, but he impeded. Lundquist's ability to make the save. Textbook goalie interference. I don't know why you challenge that. Well, you and I both talked about it. it when they, when it was called, we're like, well, I mean, that's pretty obvious. And then you, you go, well, is he challenging? And we're, we're both dumbfounded because, to me, there are times when it, you're like, kid, it go one way or the other. This one, there was absolutely no chance. And you saw the referee took three seconds. Right. He looked, yeah, no, that's what I saw. Sorry, that's not going to happen. And the loss, I mean, the loss of a timeout doesn't seem like much until you need a timeout late in a hockey game, which the Oilers did, and they had, I believe, and you're probably going to bring it up, the wrong centerman take the face yep. off. That was my next thing. So you don't have that timeout. Uh, now, what did Nugent Hopkins wind up at tonight? Uh, you know, slightly below average game, 44%, but he loses the draw with the goalie out. Where it was, that's often Latestu's spot on the ice. He had won a, a, a face-off from there earlier. Now, fair enough, Latestu's a, a fourth-line center. Uh, I mean, could a now, Leon didn't have a great night either, four for ten. But, I mean, I would favor I would favor Latestu or Leon in the dot in that situation over Nugent Hopkins. Even Connor McDavid. In all honesty, in that situation, Nugent Hopkins would be my last choice. He, Of all the sentiment that the Oilers have, he is by far the weakest in winning face-offs. Um, now, again... Uh, Latestu, he was he was just out before that, I believe, because he was on for the goal against, was he not? On the the the, the winning goal, the game was he on for the Nash goal? No, he wasn't on for the Nash. Okay, well goal, there you go. That was, that was McDavid's line. Oh, you're Lucic, right. So, yeah, you're absolutely yeah, right. So, front of the net. so Latestu would have been rested, and I know that there's been times in the past we've we've seen guys take phase offs on the power play, and we're like, okay, you know what? You probably could live with a Nugent Hopkins taking the draw in the middle of a second period. You don't need a Latestu or a Lander out there. But when you are when your net is empty, if you don't win the face off, there's a good chance the game is over. Because if they don't score, they're at least icing the puck, and now you've lost 15, 20 seconds, and you've got to get access to the offensive end again. To me, Latestu takes the face off. That's his side. He was 56% on, in the dot today. That's his strength right there is winning face-offs. And Nugent Hopkins lost it clean. And to me, that was another thing. When, when Benning and Nurse were out there, I did say to you, I go, hey, they got the third-pairing defensive group yeah. on the ice late in hockey. I, mean, I guess they got trust. And the first thing I said to you when the face-off, I said, I would not be having Nugent Hopkins take that draw. Yeah, for, for, me, if you, if, for me, if you come to the coaching decisions, I actually, to me, the Benning and Nurse is further down on the mm-hmm. list of criticism. And to me, the challenge and who's taking the draw are, are, were more critical, though I know, you know if, you lead to the, if it leads to the winning goal, that's, that's going to be a big talking point, too. 5-3, the Rangers win it. This does mean Booster Juice will donate $75 to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation because they give 25 bucks for every goal the Oilers score. Booster Juice is an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We say hello to Joanne. Hi, Joanne. Hi there. How are you tonight? Very good, thank you. I'm. I'm just thinking. Um, 
I know a year or two ago or whatever, it, it always seemed like the Oilers let the other team dictate how the game was going to go. Yeah, absolutely right. You're right. And are they doing it again? Um, I, I don't think as like before. I mean, this is still an Oilers team that's 7-3-1 and one on the season. The same Oilers that have been in the bottom five for a decade. So th- this is a much better team that are playing much better. The games they lose, they're competitive in. Um, it, it's th- there are mistakes still in their their, their game. There's still uh, warts, but I I think sometimes you get it too excited about a huge start to the season, a seven one one or whatever the others were to start the year. You get excited and you start thinking of the promised land before you take a step back and realize. Well, I mean, this is a this is an Oilers team that they were a lottery pick team last year. So this is a team that still, you know, there were a couple changes, but are two or three changes going to change a team that came in 28th or whatever to a team that's going to compete with the best in the league. So I, I, I think that you we just got to sit back, not get too excited about their start, but also let's not get too down on them when they have a little bit of a stretch that they're having right now. Because even in this stretch where they, they're not playing well, they still should have beat Ottawa. They were the better team. They still got a point in Toronto and probably could have won that game. And tonight with three minutes to go or two minutes to go in the game, it was a tie game going into overtime in a good New York uh, Rangers uh, arena. So this is a team that still has growing pains. They're better than they were, but I still think that maybe the expectations were a little too lofty from from everybody. And I think, Joanna, at times... And I know Bob and Jack kind of div- divided it up half and half into the into each period. I don't, for me, maybe it wasn't quite that simple, but absolutely tonight the Rangers dictated. Now, we've been basing a lot of our evaluation of the opponents on last year's standings. I think we're moving past that a little bit now that we're seeing how teams are playing. This is the best, to me, this is the best team the Oilers have played. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Blues team they beat, though still good, was as good as last year's Blues team. But Washington will. I mean, Washington was first overall last year, so it's going to be hard for them to get 120 points again. But this was the best team the Rangers played, and when they played how they want to play, with long passes, speed, and fast attacks in straight straight lines, yes, the Oilers had trouble with that. Well, they also beat uh, St. Louis five nothing and Tampa Bay six one. So clearly, the Rangers are dictating against a lot of teams right now. So the Oilers have to learn how to contend with it a little better, and then not like we referenced off the top. If sometimes good teams are like, they're going to be goals, mm-hmm. but you want the goals against to be we made the other team earn it, not we handed them an opportunity forty feet from our own net. Yeah, that and, was the big problem tonight. And, and both teams did. I mean, the New York Rangers may make mistakes too. I mean, the first period they passed right to Lander on a shorthanded situation. So it does sometimes you just watch your own team and find their mistakes more so than the other teams. New York is a good hockey club. And the Edmonton Oilers played well against them tonight. They they took them to the last two minutes of the game. Is it disappointing? Yes. But this is still, uh, I think you've got to take some positives out of that. And the Oilers, I know their dressing room are going to try to because they got a big weekend right now against two more teams, two more, you know, average. Teams yeah. last year yeah. again, going off yeah. last year. So they, they can't wallow in self-pity right now. they got to get back going because we've seen in the past when the other teams have struggled, uh, a one or two game losing streak has turned into seven out of eight, nine out of ten, and they cannot afford that. Well, I, I had that. I looked up that stat earlier in the season. Last year, the Oilers had three winning streaks of three games or longer. 
They had 11 winless streaks, so sometimes there might be an overtime loss in there of three games or longer. So right now it's one each. The winning streak was five, and right now the winless streak is at three. You got to try to stop it at three. We got Dan on the line, who's also going to finish the play with us. Hey, Dan. Hey, how you doing, guys? Doing very well. Uh, good game tonight, uh, up until the last couple of minutes there. I was just, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that we're, especially in the last couple of games, we're getting out, out coached a little bit. Um, you know, I saw McClellan in the Toronto game. He's blowing up the lines in the first period and playing games with Babcock. And I didn't think we needed to do that. I thought we had the better team. We didn't. He's overthinking it. I think. Well, it's funny. We got a number of phone calls from from fans saying that he didn't blow up the lines quick enough. We had a number of people who are thinking that they sh- the lines should have been changed. That Everly should be moved. That they should have a dry side of playing wing. That McDavid's got to find different line mates. And the Oiler team hasn't been scoring as of late. So that's why he did it. Um, I mean, they they outplayed the Maple Leafs. Sometimes the puck doesn't go in tonight. That there, there's always going to be we coaching mistakes. We talked about mistakes. coaching yes. decisions you can question tonight for sure. I mean, you look at the last night in the World Series. The, the bunting went a full count <laughs> when a man on third with less than two outs. That coach eventually got the World Series, and no one's I'm ever going to talk t- about that again. Probably changed pitchers a little too. Yeah. Little. Well, hey, I understand all that, but, you know, I remember I go back to the Buffalo game too. So we're, we get to 2-2 in the first. The lines are blown up. We outshoot them, I don't know what it was, 35 to 21 or something. And McDavid and Dreisaitl playing together, great. No goals, nothing. They, they don't have chemistry. I mean, if you don't practice together, I don't understand the logic of just throwing people out when you haven't gotten the, the, the reps in practice, you know? Uh, for, for these guys, it makes no difference. And uh, from experience, it doesn't. I can tell you if if we went did a poll right now on 6:30 Chad said who thinks that Jordan Everly should be on Connor McDavid's right wing next game I have a feeling that it would be a large amount saying no I, honestly I, at this point I agree with that too. so I, so that's I that's that, I I know I I agree with that that's fine that but you do that you know do that in practice to. And this goes back to what you were saying about um, giving uh, Benning a test run in a in a key situation or whatever. Well, I mean, when we had the lead in our, you know, five maybe five of our seven wins, he benched Puliyarvi in the third period, right? Yeah, that's I mean, true. Yep. You don't yep. put the rookie out there with two minutes to go in a three-three game. You just don't do that. Well, the, well, the difference in that though is Puliyarvi wasn't playing well. When he, he had terrible puck management, and that's why Benning and Nurse had played well. So I mean, there's a difference there. I understand. I've 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 seen lots of different situations where the coach won't put young players out at the end of the game, but uh, to me that it wasn't as impactful as yeah. other decisions yeah. tonight. But no, you're making. And you're, I don't want to. I don't want to just you know kill McClellan here. I, I, he's a very good coach. I just you know. Coaches like players, they can have slumps. And yeah, no, you're and making. Like you guys said, I didn't like Nuge out there for that face-off either. Yeah, well, you're making Go good ahead. points, Dan. And, and look, if you lose, then you got to question stuff, right? Because uh, something didn't work. And and, and uh, Nick Holden would, I would think, would be a third-pairing defenseman for the the New York Rangers. Would you not think? 
I mean, ice time, he's right at the bottom. He was on the he's ice. For, probably on their second pair, yeah. He, he was on the ice at the end when they scored the goal. A, he had a good game, I thought. Yeah, yeah. And, Holden's and, not bad. I've seen him play well in the past, too. Dan, we're going to finish the play with you, okay, buddy? So I'm going to put you on hold so you can hear the audio. If you're right here, you can qualify for the grand prize draw, $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Here's a little snippet from the game. Chris Russell reverses to Sekra. Grabner fell down, allowing Sekra the requisite space to get it to Lucic. Center ice McDavid down the middle. All right, your choice there. Does McDavid pass or shoot? Pass. Okay, let's find out. Chris Russell reverses to Sekra. Grabner fell down, allowing Sekra the requisite space to get it to Lucic. Center ice McDavid down the middle. Beautiful dish. Everly rung it off the post. All right, yeah, good call, Dan. You are in the grand prize draw. That was a good Oilers chance in the first period. Jordan Everly flipping it off the post. That was a few minutes after Jesse Pugliarve had a breakaway chance that would have put the Oilers up 2-0 at the time, and then the Rangers scored shortly after that. They came from behind three times, eventually got the winner from Rick Nash with a minute 21 to go and 5-3 the Rangers take it. Certainly a lot of talk about uh, coaching decision line combinations. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Alright, we have Jensen on the line as well. 780-496-0063. Hey Jensen. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. I was just wondering, uh, last year how long did Hall play with David before he got moved off. I believe it was two games. So I think it was pretty quick. So why is uh, Lucci getting such a long release with him? Well, and here's the same thing I, I someone asked the other day about Everly that I posed to that caller. Who would you have there? I mean, the Oilers... And this is earlier in preseason, the Oilers were talking about, and the fans were talking about, the three centermen. And my... The, my problem, or what I saw, would be a problem for the Oilers with three centermen. Is I don't think the Oilers have enough depth on their wing to play with three creative or offensively gifted centermen. I just don't. I, I think you got guys playing uh, a Cassian or or a Maroon or or whoever you want that are not offensive wingers. And they're they're big, strong, and I can understand they're trying to make three even lines. But you're going to have dry spells because you've got play like for example, dry settles playing with Maroon and Pulleyarvi. I mean, Pulleyarvi is getting better, but he's not a an NHL goal scorer yet. And Maroon, he's got three on the season, but he's never been a goal scorer in the National Hockey League level, other than a nice little stint he had with McDavid last year. And now you're asking dry settle to make those guys goal scorers. So uh, I do believe that the lines will be changed for Saturday's game. I think that. Some players are being stifled. I, 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 don't, I think uh, McDavid, uh, he's creating opportunities that aren't being finished. I think Dreisaitl tonight created opportunities that weren't being finished. So they're going to have to try and rejig the line somehow for, to, to allow the offensive players to have success. But it's, I mean, to me, if I would do it right now, I mean, th- throw, throw Lucic with Dreisaitl. I think Absolutely. they're very, I think they're very similar in the way they play. They're big bodies that like to work the puck down below the goal line. They can play off each other. It takes the, the stress off of a Lucic having to go 20 miles an hour faster than he's capable of going, playing with a McDavid. But you still have to find someone that can play on Connor McDavid's line. And Jensen, I would, I would say this. I don't think that they have fulfilled 
one of the goals that Peter Shirelli had, and well, still has, of uh, of if if I can speak for him, I guess, of of scoring more goals off the forecheck. Most of their goals are still coming off the rush. Now, tonight they got a power play goal, which was good. They needed that, mm-hmm. and then Lucic did a good job to keep the puck alive, and then they got it to the net. Uh, the maroon goal was clearly off a rush because it was a two-on-one after the Rangers turned it over. And then Larson's goal was off a face-off, which is still a positive because the Oilers didn't score a lot of goals off face-offs last year, and I think they have three directly this year already. So that's still good. But having said that, I don't think they're still scoring a lot of turn the puck over, grind away, and, you know, full back the puck into the net. You know what I mean? I still think they need more of those, and that's why I wonder if Lucic and Dreisaitl could be a good pairing. All right, thanks, Jensen. 780-496-0063. The Oilers do lose 5-3 to the Rangers. The three stars, according to the game sheet, selected by attending media... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love if you if you actually you guys can look at this off the NHL website. You can look at the official game summary, and in the bottom right corner, it tells you who picked the three stars. Usually, it has the specific person or the station that picked it. Right, like if Bob and Jack pick it, they'll put six thirty Cheddar or the Oilers Radio Network. Tonight, it just says the attending media. I guess everybody got together and they, voted. Yep, they pulled them. It was a, it was a big vote. Uh, Kevin Hayes, Michael Grabder, and J T Miller, who are all excellent for the Rangers, our fourth star of the game. Is presented by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. We always pick an oiler. They're all eligible since none of them were the three stars tonight. I'm going to go with Patty, Patty Maroon. He scored the goal tonight. Uh, a nice nice hands going from one side of the net for the other on a nice feed by Billy Arvey. And he also had three hits, which led the Oilers tonight in hits. So uh, Patty Maroon, I thought, uh, played a, a, a good game, and they certainly need him going if they want to continue staying at the top of the Western Division standings. All right. Colin, Jonathan, and Wade are up next on the open line. We'll also go back to Madison Square Garden for post-game reaction. The Oilers get scored on late and lose 5-3 to the Rangers. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. A quick shot by Lucic, and that was blocked. And perhaps McDavid might have created something else there. Three on two for the Rangers the other way. Quick shot, same time. What a sprawling left skate save on the rebound. And the Rangers have to give chase the other way. Well, even though Talbot was beaten four times tonight, he did make some big saves. That's his save of the game for Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. The Rangers also get an empty netter to beat the Oilers 5-3. If you miss this one, the Oilers had leads of 1-0, 2-1, and 3-2. None of them lasted very long. And then Rick Nash gets the winner at 18-39 of the third period, J.T. Miller got an empty net goal, bank shot from his own end 17 seconds later to round out the scoring. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We have Colin on the open line. Hey, Colin. Hey, guys. How's it going? We're doing great. I wanted to talk a little bit about Lucic. I know the caller ahead of me has talked about it a little bit already, so I don't want to really double up on anything he said, but I've noticed a couple times, and I want to bring up the play that Nash scored on specifically tonight, Lucic, he kind of looks like a rookie sometimes in that he gives up on the play too early. And I think the Nash goal specifically, he was about five feet away from him. And he threw his head up and his stick up before Nash had even scored. 
It was basically as soon as Nash got possession, he just gave up on the play. I've noticed it a couple times, and uh, even in the offensive zone, McDavid will thread a pass to him, and he'll miss the pass and throw his head up, and he won't even try to backjack after. It just drives me nuts. <laughs> I don't know if, if you guys have noticed that, or maybe I'm reading too much into it. But I I, I haven't noticed in any of the any of the body language that ex, that explicitly. I I did know I I said to Rob a split second before Nash scored. Uh-oh. Uh oh, Lucic missed his man. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. He missed his man. I I look. I, Lucic is going to have his play picked apart because of the signing and because he's 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 signed long term. Um, I wouldn't say tonight was one of his best games. You know, you look back to the St. Louis game. He might have been the best player on the ice. He played well against Washington. Um, I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't know, Colin. Like, I, I didn't notice any. I, I haven't seen him where I thought he's giving up on plays. I, 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 but I think you know, I would have liked if he played a little better tonight. Sure. Yeah, there's a number of players that could have. The, the, the problem for, for Lucic and for Everly, for that matter, when you play with a Connor McDavid, you are under a huge microscope because of how good McDavid is, the expectations of that line. If Everly was to miss the opportunities that he had and he was on the third line, you wouldn't talk about it. But when he's missing him playing with McDavid, it's that much, it's that much more noticeable. You have to produce when you're on the first or second line. You just have to. Those are the guys that are getting the ice time. They're getting the power play minutes. They're playing in the important situations. The team is relying on them to score. So it's much more noticeable for a Lucic or an Eberle right now because that line isn't producing at what it could be and probably what it should be. Uh, Mark says on the text line, Eberle is the largest defensive liability on the Oilers. He's too soft and weak on the puck. He's taking over where Taylor Hall left off when it comes to turnovers. Uh, Who was the Oiler that turned over the puck in overtime against the Leafs? Eberle. Uh, Mark you're welcome to criticize Everly's play. He did not turn the puck over in overtime. The Oilers <laughs> lost the face-off and, and, they never, never, had never, the puck. Never, and never got it back. Uh, this texter says, Dreisaitl has looked tired at times already. Tonight was still trying to play one-on-three like Junior and not getting pucks deep. I haven't been impressed with him this year. Looks like he won't be the player we drafted him to be. Do you see the same thing, or am I missing something? Question there about Dreisaitl. I, I, I think there's been games where he has A, looks tired, yes. I, I don't think his line mates are suited for him as well as other players could be suited for him. Um, I do believe he will be the player that the Oilers expect him to be. I think his upside is huge. Um, was he great tonight? No, but I... I, I, I'd, I'd like to see him with Lucic. I'd like to see him playing a down-low game. And right now, with Pugliarvi on the, the right side, Pugliarvi, if, I mean, we laugh. Every time he gets the puck from our blue line in, you know he's going to shoot. doesn't matter where he is on the ice. He shot three times, I think, from the blue line today. Mm-hmm. He loves to shoot. So Dreisaitl isn't getting the puck in situations that he normally would if he was playing with someone different. So uh, Dreisaitl was not... He was okay tonight. He wasn't great. He wasn't awful. But they do need more out of Drysaddle. If they're, if you're on the one, top two lines, you need to produce for this team to win. And there's a number of those players right now that aren't. Five three Rangers take it. Jonathan is on the phone line. Hey Jonathan. Hey guys. Um, uh, just a, I got three quick points here. Uh, first off, get it out of the zone. Uh, Rob, you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you've got to get that puck out of the zone because then that forces New York to to go back into the neutral zone and, and regroup. 
second point is uh, I loved the three one one four check tonight. Uh, the third period, they were, you know, Nurse was hauling it up into the offensive zone, and he was getting great puck support and, and generating some chances for them. Uh, my third thing is on the Toronto game, uh, a co-worker and I were discussing this, and uh, I had mentioned to him, he's a Boston fan, by the way, uh, I had mentioned to him that Nazem Kadri owned Connor McDavid. He was in his back pocket all night long, um, you know, scored against his line. Um, and I said, what do we do about this guy? We've got to take care of guys like this. He says, go back to old school hockey. You take a big guy like Lucic or Maroon or Zach Cassian and you pound right between Kadri and, and McDavid. You create the space. I thought that's why we got bigger, was to create space for our, our superstars. I said, but then that means we're going to get a penalty for interference for the pick. He says, so what? Okay, but so what? But I, I the, the thing in the National Hockey League nowadays, there's, there is an intimidation. There's not. A, in the old days, if someone did something to Gretzky or if someone did something even further along to Doug Waite, or some, you would go out and you would grab the guy and you'd beat him to a pulp. And the guy that did it would get a five-minute major, uh, and the other guy that didn't fight back would probably get two minutes, and that would be the end of it. The players are protected better now. You do not see that kind of hockey anymore. Uh, so there's, there's no intimidation. That's why you have a lot of smaller, what do they call them, rats, that run around because they know they can nowadays. Okay, but then, Rob, why sign why sign? Physicality. You, well, you'd not to go out there and run Kadri when he's playing no, but hard the, hockey, but, but you got to be physical. But I still think that's a form of intimidation. If you know that, if, you're, if you well, know every time this guy's going to body check me, if you know I deliver a hit, that I'm going to get th- one back twice as hard as this guy. Yeah, do you, so you think Kadri would stop going after Connor McDavid skating beside him if, if Lucic hit him? No, no. I don't you, think he would. But, but I think a I think a bigger player uh, would be able to to run interference. And I mean if 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 Kadri is is back checking on McDavid yeah. and you get somebody like Lucic coming up and, and laying him out, putting him on his butt uh, then Toronto goes out and scores a power to play look over goal. His shoulder a lot more. No, I, I don't. I disagree. And the fa- first of all, Lucic's not going to. If, if Conor McDavid is skating and Kadri's back checking, Lucic isn't going to catch either one of them for one, because he can't keep up speed wise to a Conor McDavid. You know, going out and taking a dumb penalty is not what you need to do. What you do is when Nylander or Matthews is on the ice, then you're physical on their players, and you tell them every time. You know what? Every time McDavid gets hit, I'm going to run you. And that's the way you have to. But what Kadri did, he did nothing wrong. I mean, he he he, no, he, no. he didn't. There was no spearing. There's no kicking. There's no cross checking to the head. He simply played him strong. And yeah, he, he was he was right in his back pocket. And, and every every good player that plays in the National Hockey League play gets that against them. The Sedins every time they step on the ice, that's the exact way you play against them. I'm sure that when Matthews or or Nylander go and play against certain teams, they do that to those players. Yeah, I mean, you just have to play through it. If someone does something stupid, you take care of him. But if if Kadri's skating beside McDavid or talking to him, the way that you get back at him is you score when Kadri's on the ice. You don't go run him and take a penalty. Now Toronto A gets a power play. If they score, now they're going to laugh as McDavid skates back to the bench and said, look, I'm going to come after you again because I want another power play goal. 
All right, 780-496-0063. Rangers beat the Oilers 5-3. We have Wade on the line as well. Hey, Wade. Hey, how you doing? Good. Yeah, go ahead, Wade. Well, I just want to make a little statement, not that any other coaches out there ever notice it, but there was two plays, and they were talking about getting free shots away the night before the uh, against Toronto, where the defense was not getting the puck out. And tonight we had one defensive pull the puck all the way in, back on the left side, and didn't have an opening pass. Goes to pass it out to get it out of our end, and our defense, our, our winger is on the offensive side of the their defenseman. So their defensive picks it up, walks in, and takes a shot. You know, those there's a lot of mistakes out there, but there are a lot of preventable mistakes. Yeah. Even the last goal, I think that where Nash was down in front of the net. You know, I don't remember even seeing a defenseman there. I thought I seen uh, Lucic the only one in front of the net. He was just barely getting there. Yeah, well, Benning and, then, and Nurse had. Rob and I were kind of were trying to watch that. It looked like Benning and Nurse had had picked up other guys, and then Lucic wound up paired up with Nash, going down low, and and just didn't get there. But you're right about preventable mistakes, and I think you make a good point. You know, Winger's not coming back low enough to to get passes, and and I think those were things they did a little better. Mm-hmm in other games uh, this season, if you want to look at some, some of the wins they had on that winning streak. And some of those details weren't there tonight. And most of the most of the goals against tonight were, were self-inflicted wounds by the Oilers. I and mean, you're right. And, then, and, you know, that other part is, you know, that could be related to the fact that, um, you know, he was running uh, McDavid's line and Drysdale's line. He didn't see Cassian out there for the longest time. Um, you know, and you need those guys to wear... A Cassio, I don't know who a centerman is, to wear out, you know, their their defense and, and get the puck in it and create that third line forechecking and that wasn't there. And you definitely miss Matt Hendricks out there, that's for sure. <laughs> but anyway, that's my point today. I just want to say, hey, thanks a lot for having the show, guys. Yep, good to hear from you, Wade. We appreciate it. Rangers over the Oilers five three. We'll keep rolling with the phone calls here. We have Mike from Ottawa on the line. Hey, Mike. How's it going, guys? Doing well. Good. Just want to say, you know, it's a, it was pretty of a frustrating game. I mean, I was so pumped, you know, two minutes, two and a half, whatever to go, and tied 3-3 and kept having the lead. And to lose at 5-3, it doesn't, I think, reflect overall how the game went. But, I mean, we're first in the West. We're third, tied for third overall in the league. Connor McDavid is tied for first in points overall in the league. All is not lost right now, and I think we learned a few lessons. And uh, I want to say for Talbot, I mean, man, that guy's pad. I don't know how quick he is, but uh, he made some amazing stops today with his pad, just kicking those out, almost predicting what was going to happen before it happened. He, he's on top of his game, and I don't think that he had a bad game. And also, I'd, I want to say that um, my second point, uh, Darnell Nurse this year, I noticed that um, he's had a bit more confidence in terms of uh, skating out uh, the puck and getting into the offensive zone. And um, really kind of being a bit more aggressive uh, offensively and um, trying to get some points. Um, what do you guys think about that? I, I, I agree. I think Darnell's playing smarter. I think that the beginning of last year and his stints that he was up, he, he, he was a little out of control. He wanted to do too much. He wanted to impress too much, whether it was through physicality, rushing the puck, moving the puck. And I think he's more... Uh, has a better understanding of the game now. He knows when he can jump up now. He knows when he can be physical. He also now knows when he has to back off. And he talked about it before the game. Camera was Jack or Bob. One of them interviewed him, and he says he just understands it now. And he he, he does look more confident because now he understands the game better. So now he's more confident in his game. And I thought I thought he's played very very well as of late. 
and he seems to be getting better. So, I mean, that's a, a good sign for the Edmonton Oilers if he's getting better. And now I know that uh, there was some criticism with Benning. If if and when Davidson comes back, he comes back in the lineup, and all of a sudden, if you have a nurse Davidson as your third pairing, and nothing against Benning because I think he's been all right and he will be an Oiler long term, but Davidson's ahead of him right now. So if that's your third pairing, a nurse Davidson pairing, that is a pretty strong six, strongest six that the Oilers have had in a long, long time. All right, Mike, thanks for the call. If you're on hold, stay there. We will get to you. The Oilers suffer a 5-3 loss in New York to the Rangers tonight. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Along with Rob Brown as well, the Oilers now 7-3-1 on the season, 0-1-1, two games into their five-game road trip. They lose tonight 5-3 to the New York Rangers. The Oilers goal scorers, Nugent Hopkins gets his first of the year, Maroon his third, and then Larson his first as an Oiler, but Rick Nash gets the winner at 1839 of the third the rangers also added an empty netter we have dick on line four hi dick hi uh i think we need to get uh lucic and put him on the third line that guy's so bad he gives me gas okay well hopefully you were alone then when you were watching the game uh so you you put him with dry you put him with nuge what line do you see him on then for the other two guys oh he's already gone he just wanted to tell us he has gas okay all righty then. We have Curtis on the phone as well. Hey, Curtis, I hope your gas situation is all right. Uh, I'm not sure how to answer that, but okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, quick comment, uh, gentlemen. Uh, I think that people are maybe a little bit overly concerned about where we're at. I mean, realistically, we've got to grade the team based on the bell curve this year. We've had a ton of turnover, uh, marginal improvement, well, significant improvement from last year, but we're still learning our own identity as a team, and I think that as the, as the year goes on and we see the same teams that we've lost to lately, I think you'll see an entirely different response from the team as a whole. Uh, and also, I don't think we can ever underestimate the competitiveness in that room. Not to mention when some of those guys come back who are hurt, I think that the whole dynamic of the team will change as well. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, guys. Yeah, thanks, Curtis. Well, I, I mean, I think Rob already, I don't know if you heard it, Curtis, but Rob alluded to you know Brandon Davidson, especially in a third-pairing role. Uh, solidifying things and giving them some more depth because uh, ideally Matthew Benning's playing in the AHL and probably one of the top three defensemen for the Condors and getting tons of experience. I think when Matt Hendricks is healthy, uh, now, nothing, now Pitlick's been playing great and Lander helps on face-offs, but you'd put Hendricks on your fourth-line wing just because of his experience, his toughness, and his, not, not that there's anything wrong with the Oilers' penalty kill, but but his penalty-killing acumen. Uh, and to, to me, it's I mean, there's some negative uh, energy out here tonight with, with the Oilers. Before the season started, I, I said I didn't believe the Oilers were a playoff team. I just didn't think they could make that big a jump that quickly. And to me, they've exceeded expectations, and there's going to be bumps in the road. So uh, I, 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 there's going to be mistakes made. The players aren't going to have these point streaks that go on forever. There's going to be you know, stretches where they're not as good as they were in other games, and that's because it's a team that is still going from a – uh, this is a 10-year build where they've been 10 years without the playoffs. And now all of a sudden they've made a couple moves. They are better. They're going to get better. But to me, the, the, the sky isn't falling because they lost to New York tonight 5-3 because a, a, a rookie was out on the ice and they didn't. They, they turned the puck over too much. They're, they're going to have games like that because they're still 
not an elite hockey team yet, despite what their record was, despite where they are in the standings. They're, they're, I think they, they may have over-exceeded a lot of people's expectations, and now we're, we're believing that that's where they're going to be throughout the year. Uh, this is a team that I believe with some of the teams like in L.A. not having a goalie, not having Jonathan Quick, that you, maybe the playoffs are uh, 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 an a chance, maybe you do, but you you can't get so caught up that if they go to New York and they lose, well, all of a sudden you got to change everything because they're not near as good as they were three, four games ago. This team still has a lot of learning to do. Other action tonight before we go back to the phones: Chicago leading Colorado four nothing in the third. Dallas up on St. Louis four one in the third. No score early. Penguins and Kings same situation for the Flames and the Sharks. Predators and Arizona one one after one. The Leafs win two one in Buffalo. The Flyers edge the Islanders three two in a shootout. Jets over the Capitals four three in overtime. Nope, nope, nope. Capitals over the Jets. What did I say? You said the opposite. I know of Sorry, so wasn't I was going to say yes. Yeah, so oh, I was yeah. going to say that. I was thinking of the, the Jets came from behind. Yes, thank they you did. For, thank you for, I was getting ahead of myself. Capitals were up 3 nothing. Jets tied it. Capitals won. Thank you, Rob. Senators beat the Canucks 1-zip. Condon. Unbelievable. Saves. And Canucks in trouble. 4-6-1 and one now. And the Bruins beat the Lightning 4-3 in a shootout. And in overtime, the Panthers over the Devils 4-3. Harry is on the line. Hey, Harry. Hey, how's it going? Good. Um... <laughs> a couple of comments. Um, have you guys noticed over the past couple of games when uh, the opposing teams are playing McDavid, I find that one of the ways that they're really neutralizing is just getting right up into his face. Like, there was one play today where he came in, and the defender just went right up into him put him down on the ice. And that's just one thing I noticed about our team in our defending end. If you look at the Oilers when another team crosses the blue line, all that we're doing is sticking our stick forward and backpedaling. And essentially, if a team comes in with too much speed, they just get right around our players. I don't know at what point this team stopped playing the man the way they should. We play like a small team in our own zone. We look so disorganized. You take a look at the New York Rangers in this game today, and it's got Buka Boom all over. You know, and that's the way we used to play when we go to the playoffs and we had Bukadum in our back end. You knew you crossed the line or you were in the back. He's just going to lay you right out. That was one comment I wanted to make. Um, you got 30 seconds, then, Harry. Okay. And then um, well, I'll, just, I'll just go with that. I'll just like hear your guys' input on it. Well, the way players play against McDavid, you have to be physical on him. You can't give him time and space. If you do, he's going to beat you. And the whole NHL knows that. So they try to t- uh, take away that space as soon as they can. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't work, well, now he's got easy access and he's got a breakaway or a two-on-one. We've seen that. The others do have to be physical at the blue lines. They can't give easy access to their own zone. At times they do. I think Larson has been very good and physical when he's had a chance. Nurse is doing that as well. Uh, but you are right. The, if you defend your line, if you force teams to, to make a play just outside the blue line, you will have more success. All right. The Oilers fall tonight 5-3 to the New York Rangers. You can get more on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 9. We'll talk some Oilers. We'll talk a little uh, Eskimos as they get ready for the Argos on Saturday. 
And here's what's happening on Chet on Saturday. We start at 12.30 with the pregame show for the Eskimos and the Argos. The kickoff is at 2. After the game, we'll go right into our play-by-play of the Oilers and the Islanders. That starts at 5, and then Rob and I will have overtime open line after that. So it's going to be fun on Saturday. Our studio producer this evening, Matthew Panashik. Rob Brown, all the best, buddy. See you this weekend. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of time together, you and I, this weekend. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks to everybody who called and texted. Uh, if, uh, if we didn't get to you, call me tomorrow on Inside Sports or text me tomorrow, and we'll talk. Thanks for listening. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line has come to you from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.